0: Welcome to the Real History UK podcast, hosted by Jenna Pateman and Hugh David. Produced by 4D Publishing, first run airing on the Bunkazilla Network.
1: Hello and welcome to Real History. This is the podcast where we look at historical fictions, be they film, TV, play, book, musical, comic, and maybe one day even in songs, who knows? Uh, and we discuss <laughs> the historical content therein. And for fun, we give it a score. How accurate is it really? A one to a hundred. My name is Hugh David. I am your co-host, co-producer. I am a teacher of history as well as a consultant in various media areas. And with me is my co-host, Jenna Payton.
0: Hi, I am a postgraduate student at the Goldsmiths College in Queer History. And I am a member of several HA uh, Historical Association committees. So, yeah, a bit of a passionate one about history, me.
1: Excellent. And we are recording this October 2020. We don't normally date these episodes, but we're doing that deliberately today because it is in the UK, Black History Month. Whoop whoop. And so, as with last year, we're trying to cover a few films of interest that we think are worth drawing people's attention to. And today, in particular, we're going to do something that is a bit different Yes, for good reasons.
0: It it was a bit different from what we were originally going to do as
1: well. Well, well, that too. But (laughs) what we chose is 1993's Disney film Cool Runnings. Yes! (laughs) Which I think is a brilliant suggestion by you, Jenna. Thank you very much. People (laughs) who have access to Disney Plus can see it. There's DVDs out there in America. It's on Blu ray. The Disney Plus version is clearly the Blu ray transfer, the high high definition. It's very. It's a bit of a dated master, but it's a pretty good-looking master. Mm. All things considered, I was expecting it to be a bit more look a bit older. It actually looks pretty good indeed, pretty pretty crisp and clean.
0: I watched it with Evelyn, and normally if we watch old films, she comments. Okay. She didn't really comment on it, so.
1: Mm-hmm. Um. And it. What is it about? Well, it's about the. <laughs>
0: Jamaica has a bobsled team.
1: Exactly. <laughs> it is about the uh, the fact that in 1988. Here I was born! At the Calgary Winter (laughs) Olympics, Jamaica as a country entered the bobsleigh race. Now, this is obviously a matter for both, you know, surprise and humour because, of course, you're talking about a country where ice is something you put in your drink, (laughs) not something that you usually have entire courses built out of to to practice on. The film itself is widely recognized as but it's a, it's been a hit it's recognized as one of the more family friendly hits of the time period 93 mm-hmm. 94 uh, very much the sort of film that people put in front of kids and i think that's probably a good thing because i suspect it's also helped with i forget I, I suspect there's a lot of families where this has probably been the first time they've seen black faces <laughs> on screen who aren't bad guys um, <coughs> John, Turtles. I will
0: say um, on Disney Plus it comes under its Celebrate Black History area which is nice as well Which,
1: is, yeah absolutely You know, um, right next film, to Princess and the Frog well yes which is another one, one we've done an episode on for this season that you can find and listen to wherever mm-hmm. you're listening to this podcast now it won a Golden Screen Award in Germany in 1995 uh, it won a BMI Film and TV Award for Hans Zimmer's Score which I think is interesting for people who are big Hans Zimmer fans, they're probably aware of this already. Mm-hmm. For more casual listeners, while Zimmer's probably the most recognisable name in talent in soundtracks these days, this is probably one of his earlier ones that not everyone will be aware. And it is an out-and-out comedy. It's a feel-good it comedy. Mm-hmm. It's a classic sports film. Underdogs trying to overcome a series of adversities to make them you know, to, to make themselves proud in public. It's a bit of... For, for all, it's, it's still immensely funny and cheerful But it is slightly bittersweet given that one of the leads, John Candy, passed away. Yeah. Towards the end of the 90s, I think it was? Uh, this mid-90s? was actually
0: his last film.
1: This was his last film? This okay, I thought he had one film. more afterwards. No. Right, I think that's a shame. He was always a, a good talent, fun screen presence, and I always admired him and liked him. So that's hmm. this film just made reminded me how much I used to enjoy films when he turned up in them. Yeah. And I think the other thing now, if you're watching it in, in 2020 or October onwards, the first song over the end credits is the famous... Johnny Nash song I can see clearly now although it's performed by Jimmy Cliff in this version but Johnny Nash himself passed away this week Mm. sadly but uh, a great star massive talent you know no one's ever that's one of those unforgettable songs so yeah so there's a little bit of bittersweet nature to the film when you watch it now however it's also got an amazing legacy Mm. which we'll mention towards the end but for now let's talk about the historical side of this film
0: because it's inspired by the true story yes and yes. it, the inspired is doing a lot of work
1: there. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think this is. So this is where it gets quite interesting. The, there was a draft of the film by Lynn Seffert, who worked on the original story, and at least according to the W, the the writers' guild credits. And then you get Tommy Swerdlow and Michael Goldberg, who wrote the actual uh, version of the screenplay that finally was used. There was a change of director, Jeremiah Chechik, who was quite well known for comedies at the time went off to do Benny and June with uh, Mary Stuart Matheson and Johnny Depp. So John Turtletob came in. And Turtletop a really interesting guy because he's, I, I mean, he's one of those guys where I, I i think a lot of people just dismiss him as a talent because he just happens to make popular, fun films, right? Mm. Like before this film, he'd done Three Ninja Kids. Yeah. But then he hits this interesting run where he does cool runnings while you're sleeping. I mean, Phenomenon's is not great, but. You know, um, he did the first episode of From the Earth to the Moon series. He does Instinct with Anthony Hopkins and Cuba Gooding Jr. You know, he did some decent things. You know, he did hmm. some watchable flick. I mean, he's still working. He does a lot more TV these days. I, I think the last big hits, he did The Sorcerer's Apprentice and he, the live action one. And he did The Two hmm. National Treasures, yes. which we will cover on this show at yes, some we point. Because I quite like... Yes, um, and we have and, an
0: excuse to do it.
1: And also, well, I'll save a story I've got for when we do National Treasures here. So, Turtle Top's an interesting guy. I think he makes fun, crowd-pleasing movies. This is no exception. I think this is immense fun. I think it walks an incredibly clever line between comedy and sports film and drama, but it also understands that it doesn't overplay the racial element, but it also doesn't shy away from it, is my feeling.
0: And because of that... it. I think it's a good introduction to sort of some race issues for maybe younger kids, like the fact that I did watch it with Evie last night. And although she's got a sort of understanding of racism, the scene when they first come into Canada and they get into the bobsled area mm. and you just see everyone staring at them. And Evie was like, Why are they staring at them? Well, there's something really different about them, sweetie. And she turned around and went, they're wearing bright (laughs) colours.
1: Well, yeah, that is kind of actually part of it. (laughs) She's not completely wrong.
0: And then I was like, yeah. And she went, oh, and they're also black. And I was like, yeah, there we go, sweets.
1: (laughs) Yeah, no, she's right on both fronts. yeah. (laughs) But it, it is interesting how that works. I mean, I think that's the other thing, isn't it? This is, I mean, we haven't intentionally done two Disney films in a row, but it does come back to this whole idea of, you know, disney this, the kind of principles that Disney as a company tries to get across in what it does. And, and sort of, this is a rather interesting, you know, kind of take on that sort of thing. It's—it's it's, I, I actually refused to watch the film originally, because I was very concerned that it was going to be racist. Towards, okay. in its in its portrayal I felt like it was going to be stereotyping mm-hmm. Jamaica mm. and that is
0: very easily done
1: absolutely and it's interesting to watch interviews with the cast in two years ago, so 30 years on from the original event uh, so not with the cast, with the original sports people the original bobsledders and to see them talk about how they th- they were themselves concerned that this was going to go a certain way, and then they realized that you know what they, they were involved to some degree at least in terms of the being researched and then you know when they finally saw the film, they were like actually this is this is not so bad, you know this is kind of it's a, they recognize it as a feel good film that is built out of their experiences but isn 't really their experiences <laughs> and I think They saw that as an opportunity. I think they saw that as an opportunity to. I mean, I think the reason they've supported the film over the years, other than the fact it's also given them, you know, longer careers in other areas as well, is this idea that they feel it's really, it's been really important to show something of what they consider to be truly Jamaican spirit. And I think that's really intriguing. I think the idea that an American funded well canadian fun an american funded movie uh, made in, made predominantly in in calgary is you know it's a, it's the kind of film that you just don't you don't expect it to necessarily be to become as as much of a a reflection of the people it's it's originating from i mean i can think of English, you know, films about England or set in England that are by Americans and they don't always get right what we think they need to get right.
0: Yeah, I mean, especially as this was made in early 90s mm-hmm. and the fact of it's... St- there's nothing problematic about it. Um, Nothing, oh, obviously, well, so, uh, obviously yeah. problematic, yeah. Hmm. So there was nothing as a white woman watching it mm. that jumped out at me going, ooh, okay, maybe not. Especially as we're living in past the past, well, not past because it's still going on, but the Black Lives Matter movement. So mm, we're mm. a lot more sensitive to these issues now. Mm.
1: I think the film walks some interesting lines. I mean, it's not a white saviour narrative. Nope. It's quite clear that it's about, it's a sports movie. And so the coach's role is not to be a saviour. His role is to help them find and express themselves. And it's also very clear. From, I mean, and the fact that the coach doesn't want to do it at the beginning. Yeah. Means that the characters are given. I can't remember the last time I watched a movie in which four young black men. We got, you know, not. And they're not American, they're not British. They're, they're you know, Jamaican men are given a chance to be funny and sexy and <laughs> cool and just. You, do you know what I mean? It's. it's, it's it...
0: And they all get their chances to do something courageous as well and. Obviously, you do have Dougie Dougie's, like, the rasta stereotype. But at the Mm. same time, he's played with more nuance than that.
1: So apparently the original script didn't have that nuance. (laughs) Um, You know, so I think that's one of those things where we... I think we should... It's not often I'm grateful for for a company toning things down to a family-friendly level. (laughs) (laughs) But apparently it was a more serious drama that was originally planned Mm. and I think turning it into a family comedy is possibly one of the smarter decisions they made because I think as you I think it's it's because they did that that it allows it to move into not cleaner representation that's not what I mean but a representation that feels more like the sort of thing we mean when we say we want to see representation in film Mm. and it's not that I don't want to see problematic stuff because you know there's always that but th- this this film gets to the heart of the parable so so this is this is really interesting because i have no idea what was in the water at the calgary olympics or whether they just had really good <laughs> pr people this is one of four movies
0: yes <laughs>
1: right this as you said what was it you said generally when we were talking doing the research you said the winter olympics with the most
0: most feature films about it
1: yeah which is like <laughs> one heck of a record
0: yes because originally when i typed in. Films about the Winter Olympics. It started showing me films about the Olympics. I was like, no. (laughs) And then finally, I found the Wikipedia page that sort of did it by years. Mm. And 1988 had the most at four, which is interesting. (laughs) And
1: what's interesting is all of the film. Sorry, three of the four film. No, they all they all feel good movies, but three of them are based on the actual history. Yeah. So you get so the fictional one is a rom com. Yes, which was. Called, hang on a minute the cutting edge
0: yeah
1: uh which i now which want to see
0: <laughs> about figure skaters
1: yeah and then and Although if only...
0: you want a good rom-com about figure skaters watch your on ice. <laughs> what?
1: oh oh right okay <laughs> um and uh, uh yeah i mean interestingly the cutting edge isn't solely at calgary 88 it's between it's calgary 88 through to the next one yeah um, 1992 yeah, so that's fictional. Obviously, the others are Cool Runnings, which is fictionalised version of the Jamaican uh, first ever bobsleigh team attempting to get itself into the Winter Olympics and then, mm-hmm. you know, carry itself through the rounds. And then you get Eddie the Eagle, yes. recent film here, <laughs> uh, which which is one of the reasons I didn't know as much about the Jamaican issue because, of course, British media was full of that at the time of Eddie. Yes. And then to our to our to both your and my great surprise, recent. Korean smash it. Well, I say not recent. It's not anymore. It's two thousand and nine. But Korean smash film two thousand from two thousand and nine. Uh, takeoff is about the fact that this was also the first year for the Koreans, Koreans to enter the Winter Olympics. In this case, they were entering it with ski jumping. Yeah. Uh, and funnily enough, the film that was made in two thousand nine is also a kind of true story, feel good type. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Although being Korean, it has massive melodrama. Um, well, of
0: course, it's Korean
1: yeah exactly which is fine by me um, so I need to see that now actually I can't believe I'm not seen it but I'm, I, it's amazing you and I are talking about a film based on the Winter Olympics and we suddenly discovered this is the most uh, fictionalised <laughs> Winter Olympics in history like well I
0: heard 1988 why? is a pretty cool year it so. was a
1: great year it was a fantastic year and in addition to that you were born in it yeah but um, <laughs> I, it was one of my it was one of my best years um, without a doubt so uh, but in all seriousness coming back to the history it's so it's fascinating that you not only have, you see, you have all of these national stories, the very sort of thing that the Olympics was supposed to be about, the very sort of thing that sporting is supposed to be about, you know, the good side of it. Also, all of them are heroic failures in some way or another. In other words, they're all attempts to get into the Olympics, but none of them are winners in the traditional sense. And mm-hmm. I think it's really interesting that those are the films that are being made. I think it's actually really healthy and interesting to make films about sports where people aren't simply winning everything.
0: Yeah, and- That's good. Because I've watched a lot of Japanese sports anime, Mm. they tend to have the story ending as they're not the winners. Yes. Or they come second, or they manage to get to the final and it's a good effort, and sometimes they finish just as they go out to the final, and you're like, Mm -hmm. really? Um, Mm. And so I'm kind of used to the underdog story where they don't win, but Mm -hmm. at the same time... They basically win because of how they conduct themselves. Although in the film, uh, they're very much treated like outsiders. They're ridiculed. East Germany, which of course had to be the enemy because the period time it was being made, we still had the Soviet Union going on. Well, not the period that it was actually made. The Soviet Union had just fallen.
1: Yes, but the Winter Olympics have always been dominated by politics because of... The Cold War. Yeah, and there is no question that I mean this this particular set of Olympics, and this is coming from someone who's not a massive fan of sports, but you couldn't avoid it back then, and my family were big on watching this sort of stuff, so I'm very aware mm-hmm. that amongst the many things that was um, a big deal at the '88 Olympics was um, in the figure skating, East German star Katharina Witt was defending her gold medal. That she'd won in the previous one, mm. and her compatriot also took the gold in the thousand meter speed skating Soviet Union got the gold in hockey over Finland, yeah, so you can imagine that that didn't go down too well yeah. um you know this is this is all part and parcel of what was happening in these things, and I think it's kind of interesting to make a film that steps away from that that focuses entirely on complete underdogs, yeah up and coming that is humorously respectful of their nation and culture i mean i don't think when you're talking about things not being problematic i think they're really they walk a really fine line in the jamaica scenes Mm. because just when you because like in a modern audience where you would worry about should you be laughing at these four black guys doing what they do you know are they the butt of the joke and then they crash their trainings cart into the police car yeah, and the policemen say, "What are you? Who are you guys?" And they go, "We're the Jamaican bobsleigh team." And the both policemen just crack up and start <laughs> laughing. And it's like it's a really clever moment because it's almost like saying to a non to an audience that isn't of colour, saying, "It's okay, guys. <laughs> this is the this is literally the joke. It's all right." And then no, the- they
0: don't get in trouble because a white man comes and basically saves them.
1: <laughs> Well, well, no, because that's the thing. That music, because of course they said earlier in the film that he's well known on the island because yeah. he's always in trouble with the police. <laughs> <laughs> see, when, so when he turns up and the policemen are just looking at him, and you can just see they're thinking, "Oh God, it's him again."
0: <laughs> Have they been um, partaking?
1: Yeah, yeah, what's going? Or, well, in his case, he's always being done for gambling. Yeah, you know, and they can just see, "Oh no, it's another one of his scams." <laughs> But but there's that there's stuff like that. There's the humour built around how they raise the money. There's yes. the comedy of their their girlfriends and their mums and the fathers. You know what I mean? It's not comedy that is punching down. It's not comedy that is predominantly based in them in terms of race. It's it's not even laughing at the culture. If anything, it's the it's the very humour that the Jamaican culture themselves itself saw in these guys. Yeah. Going, are you lot nuts? <laughs>
0: What are you doing?
1: Yeah, but I mean, what... at the same
0: time getting very much behind them as well once they exactly. actually get to the Olympics.
1: Exactly, and it's I that think that kind of
0: thing of they're oddballs, but they are oddballs. Well, well, exactly. <laughs> I mean the whole th- the
1: whole thing. The film version starts when one of them is trying to be, so two of them are trying to make the Jamaican team for sp- Is it sprinting?
0: Hundred me- hundred meters.
1: Yeah, they're trying to. So they're trying to sprint, make it for sprinting, and they don't get in for various reasons. They lose. They don't get into the. Because, qualify. Uh, well,
0: it's three of them, for... Bob slayers are trying to compete for the Summer Olympics. Yes. And then one of them trips, which then takes out the other two. Yeah. And, and... one of them was basically a shoo-in, so if that hadn't have happened, he would have been going to the Summer Olympics.
1: Well, that, that's the way they tell it in the, in well, the yeah. film. Yeah, yeah. Now, in, in real life, the sprinter was the last person to come on board. Yeah. Apparently, they said this is one of the bits that was too crazy to put in the film. They came on board and trained him in three days before they had to go and perform And it's like they were told they couldn't put that in the film because no one would believe them. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I was like, oh my. God. Uh so this is the thing, it's one of those it's one of those films that messes around with history, you know, the times they get in the film are not accurate, the lap which runs they do, when when things go wrong, that's not accurate. Yeah. The real team had several trainers, none of whom were connected to any cheating scandal. That's there solely for the mm-hmm. whole, you know, Disney slash sports movie thing of redemption, you know. Yes.
0: Although the Bobsled team were kicked out at one point, yes. it was the Bobsled a federation that did it not the entire winter olympics because it's not how things work
1: exactly the thing, there's...
0: there's far too many sports for that
1: well yeah exactly the idea of an international alliance of winter sports is just fit for the film but i thought it was also a clever way for people who are not sports savvy of compacting the upper echelons shall we say of sporting yeah. administration politics into a single room and a body. Like when he candy storms in to give the have a go at them for, for suspending the team, you know, there's it's made really like that again, that's one of the points where a race is allowed to creep up. Yeah, because it's so blatantly obviously an entire room full of old white European men <laughs> and American men. Like, like they, you, like you, you, you know it because you. It's it's made you know, the way the camera sits, the way everyone's positioned, the way their accents, everything about it, just and it reeks. All
0: such a good time before he comes in, and then as soon as he leaves, that you can see them all sitting there going, "This is awkward." <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. Well, also, it was candy raises the specter of race. Yeah. In his accusations and they get really offended, like, how dare you kind of think it's like no, don't you think he might have a point? Yeah. Um it's really clever. Because not every fight that we have over representation and permission and to participate in fields we're not normally allowed to participate in. Not every one of them is one in hard won combat. It's not always one in cuff. it's not always even one in, in in great speeches. Sometimes it's just Turning up yeah. and not giving up, yes, and that's what this film's all about. Yeah, I think it, it's an interesting way to take a particular historical event, which genuinely is also about that. I think one thing I would have liked to have them uh, to have fa- for them to have found a way to include is the fact that the sprint the original sprinters were all from the Jamaican military. Yeah, I think that would have been quite cool to have at least have had one of the characters like have a uniform and just show you know again representation. Mm. They're not just athletes, but they're also specialists in their field. They know what they're doing. You know what I mean?
0: Well, the sprinter, he's meant to be a teacher from what I could gather from what some of the context clues. Yeah. Because his yeah. girlfriend or wife, I could never decide if they were married or not. Kept said about the fact that before he goes off to do yeah. his Olympian sprint, mm. he's she says about, oh, don't you have marking to do? Mm. Mm. But at the same time, the other ones, you're like, what? Do you do? Obviously, Junior's going off to go do hedge fund. I can't mm-hmm. remember his name, but um, his nickname was Baldy. I have no idea what his job. Oh, Yul
1: Brenner, Yul yeah. Brenner, it's
0: the best name. And then Dougie, Dougie, I think owns a shop. So it's like, yeah, okay, you've got quite a spectrum of different people from the island there as well.
1: Yeah, yeah, you see this. You see the kind of range of classes and societies, and you kind of you get this sense of an island that is slowly pushing itself forward on the on the world mm. stage, and is trying to. You know, there's diplomacy and politics at home as well. I found the accents talking about Jamaica. I thought the accents were a little all over the place, and apparently, that was one of the problems because the actors made an effort to be authentic with their accents, and then they were told by the producers and directors that that was to jamaica right. and they had to speak clearer uh, dougie doug said that he was told he had to he had to try and be more like sebastian <laughs> the crab right <laughs> so even if there wasn't quite as much racism on screen it was definitely off screen <laughs> i mean the actor who played junior was actually the accent coach to help oh, them with wow. Dad, and he was an intern reading scripts and then they just cast him because they thought he was great So, on the one hand, it's like, you guys are not Jamaican enough. On the other hand, it's like, hey, you're doing pretty well. Plus, you're Jamaican. Come and play (laughs) a role. Like, because he thought he he wasn't going to get it. Because apparently, they had people like Cuba Gooding Jr. and Jeffrey Wright lined up for the role. Yeah. And then he was just like, and then they were like, yeah, come on in. You're doing a screen test.
0: (laughs) Well, it's surprising that they didn't have any big names like, I can't say his name,
1: Cuba Gooding Jr
0: thank you
1: <laughs> um i i well i was trying to get my head around this cause, because malik yoba has gone on to be a reasonably big star in the states yeah raymond barry and peter Afterbridge have been seen in a ton of stuff because they're very good at they, they look like old white again old white guys who should be in suits being bad guys and they do that very well mm. leon i know i've seen him in uh, who plays derisa i've seen him in quite a bit over the years quite a lot of tv including one of the the best dramas of the 90s which was Oz which was the first ever HBO drama before The Sopranos yeah. so he was in that they all went on to big stuff I mean Roald D. Lewis who I just mentioned he went on to K-Pax and Spy Hard and stuff like that oh. um I think it's interesting there's kind of a variety of I mean you're right it's it I do wonder I mean I suppose I should look it up really does, does anyone know what how what the Size, rough size of the budget was at the time seventeen million. That's not that big even by ninety three standards. Yeah. So I think it was very much a question of getting it made affordably. It, I mean, you know, you know, you're you're an expert on Disney. You know how it works. Yeah. They, they don't always <laughs> like to spend the money. Apparently, no. they wanted Kurt Russell for Blitzer. Okay. Um... I think
0: John Candy does a good job and he has that sort of you could see him being a washed up coach Mm.
1: kind Mm. of thing I think he's great
0: he's I do really enjoy him in it. and it's sad that it's yeah. This was his last film.
1: Apparently, so. apparently, he took a pay cut to play the role because he wanted to play it so badly. Aww. Yeah, because he really felt strongly about it, and I think that makes sense knowing he would pass on. And also, he was so he's so good in it. Mm. You know, this is someone leaving a legacy behind. And, and 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 here's the thing, right? I think you know Black History Month, we could have plucked all kinds of sports films out. Yeah. Of the hat, and there's all kinds of sports films in which. the the, the issue of race and the fighting to be heard and be seen is so much more prominent Mm. that some people are probably going to say, well, why did you two pick this, really? This is just a feel-good film for kids. And I think that's exactly why we picked it. Yeah. Because it does work at the level of education that we need these films to work at in the modern era, where we're trying to show kids from an early age different cultures, different ideas and how they come together. While I appreciate that there was more camaraderie and support for the Jamaican team when they arrived in Calgary from the other teams than the film suggests, it's a film, it's a Disney film in particular, they want to have their villains and you, you need to put them up against something and it's also a, a clever... And it's easy to use, you see East Germany. <laughs> well, it, yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> but I also think it's really clever because all the insults the East German character has given are never about race.
0: No, they're always jump maker. Well, they're, they're or, macho. I can't, I can't do the accent.
1: You can't, you can't do either of the accents. <laughs> they're, they're the, I'm bad accent. That's okay, um, but I just think it's interesting because the, he, he, he's 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 insulting them as blokes and sporting blokes in particular insult each other. It's yeah. about ability, skill, macho stuff you know mm. and yes i'm not disputing that there's an undertone a racial undertone in there but they're very clever about how it gets expressed and i think a lot of i think that's a much more recognizable racism for a lot of us who uh come across racism not everybody yeah. Lives somewhere, or go, or, or is raised somewhere where the the racism is punching your face obvious. Sometimes it's more subtle, and I think this is a good film because of that, because it, it shows you that side as well, and it also shows you the conflict internally. We're never the reason each of the Jamaican sportsmen is involved in this. They each have their own reasons to be there, and their own conflicts and their own character arcs, and. Again, it's about looking at them as human beings. And again, that's something mm. I think I think it's too easy to make film sports films about people of color achieving things and make it symbolic. Yeah. This feels I mean, real.
0: Even if we went to the Olympics, there are many films about amazing people of color. I mean, look mm. at Jesse Owens.
1: Mm, of course.
0: Which is definitely something I want to cover at some point because, yeah, Nazis has its area of specialties for me. Yeah. And also because of my knowledge of world fairs and the Olympics, sort of ties very much into that as well. Mm. So that is definitely a film I'd like to cover and have a look at. But it's, I think what you said is completely correct. And it's, there's so many movies where race is brought up a lot more. as a sporting issue
1: Mm -hmm.
0: and it's just nice to see it not subtly done
1: it it, is no it is subtly done well yeah relatively
0: and trying to think of the right words and I was
1: no I think you're right I think you're right you're absolutely right it is subtly done Mm.
0: and it's kind of and it's nice and it's like Princess and the Frog seemed to slightly ignore race as an issue even though it was definitely an issue Mm. while this one is still a kids film Mm-hmm both films I've watched with my daughter week, uh, one week to another, mm. and they're still both very good films for her. Mm. So, and it's not... The nice thing about that is I got to say, this is actually a thing that happened. This is at the Olympics. Mm. She understands that the Olympics are a big deal,
1: mm.
0: although she might not understand anything about bobsleigh. Mm. Mm.
1: Mm.
0: So, although um, <laughs> we... After we watched the film, I did send you that silly little video of her doing a quick review. Mm. And she was—I asked her, "Did she want to go bobsleiding?" And she was like, "Yes," even though they crashed at the end. No. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, but I mean, but you know, just to reflect on the opportunities for performers in the in, you know, just to look at the reality of it. If we take Raul D. Lewis, right, who played Junior, right, mm. before this, he has. He plays the third gang member in an episode of Hill Street Blues. That's his credit, gang member number three. Great. Then he gets to be Haitian workman in an episode of MacGyver, and then he gets to do Cool Runnings, and they, uh, yeah. you know, and it's like, and then after Cool Runnings, he gets. I mean, he has lots of like smaller roles, but but again, it's stuff like the boatman, right? Mm. You know, the guard, the security guard. Do you know what I mean? He's. You just kind of go, well, this is literally what the reality of it is. Yeah. So the film is not just an opportunity for the people in it, but it's also an opportunity to show us something that we didn't see normally then and clearly don't see very much since. Mm. And I think that's a really, really good thing. Um, you know, I think that's remarkable. I think it, we should have films like this out there. And in fact, it, it's, a, it's quite interesting that five years after the event, this gets made, but it takes them to four years ago to make Eddie the
0: Eagle. <laughs> no, wasn't it 2009?
1: Oh, was Eddie it? Eagle? Fair enough.
0: Yeah, so 11 years ago.
1: Yeah, so you know what I mean? It's kind of interesting. Time that...
0: is a funny thing. Yeah, uh,
1: it's just <laughs> an inter- it's just interesting how long it takes some stories to get made and why and how, but I, I just find it interesting that this feels like it's got so much going on for it and I love that it's become popular and a staple. I mean, it's, it's a
0: cult classic now as well. Well, I
1: wouldn't say cult. 91,000 votes for it in, on an IMDb, giving it 7 out of 10 total average score. Hmm. 91,000 is pretty high for IMDb.
0: It's a cult Disney, if that makes sense. So yes. Disney's always even if they're cult, are always going to have a higher percentage of people.
1: Yep. Well, if you think about the thousands of films that are on IMDb, this one's in the top 1000. Oh, okay. It's 851. Wow. Oh, Sorry, it's up 8... No, my mistake, it's up 851. Sorry. I will cut... <gasps> let me cut my mistake out later. Uh, <laughs> Editing. Yes. Um. Hang on, let me find some actual facts. Uh, okay, let's look at it this way. $17 million budget, $154.9 million box office.
0: That's pretty good.
1: <laughs> I, I think that will... Yeah, that that kind of qualifies it for, for being po- genuinely popular on a world scale but here's the real kind of legacy of the of a film like this and and this is the other thing i think in black history month a lot of films we could discuss in this not all of them have the effects that you hope they will Mm. and i think something like cool runnings has had a massive effect not just outside of jamaica but inside jamaica you have the various original members of the actual bobsleigh team who have gone on to do all sorts of things including one of them has actually produced a, kid, a children's book based on this oh. called Yes I Can Right? Which I think is I brilliant. I want that now. Yeah. I th- I, sort of, I think that's a brilliant idea. And, and he's a motivational speaker as well. Because, that's awesome. Yeah. And he's like, he thinks that's the most important message you can get from the film is the message that he's made a career out of now, which is you can do this, but you need to get your head right and, you know, do this and that. But you go for it. Don't say, don't let people tell you you can't do that, mm. um, which I think is interesting. But he says it was so important within Jamaica to have that message. And he said it, back then, he said, you know, he, he, little boys could see the film and go, oh, my God, I could be in the Olympics. Olympics, he said now he says you know here we are we're working with the jamaican women's bobsleigh team for the for the 30th anniversary of this entry and of course they or and they were going to be olympians and he's like now little girls in jamaica will see them and go i can be an olympian and i thought that's really cool well,
0: it's not just i can be an olympian it's more i can be a winter olympian
1: yes Sorry, because yes.
0: I will say Jamaica has always had a really good place at the Summer Olympics. I mean, good point. Look at uh, Usain Bolt. Mm. Mm. And uh, how because he was running for Jamaica, but he trained in Britain, I believe. Mm-hmm. And so Britain's very much took him into their heart. Mm. Even when he was running against British people like Mo Farah, people were still going, yeah, Usain Bolt. So it's like, mm. I think it's nice to see with the Winter Olympics, because no matter what, the Winter Olympics is going to be a very white-dominated sports arena, (laughs) no matter what, because it's the countries that you're in. But Mm. there is starting to be a lot more diversity. And I think people like the original Bobsleigh team helped that, because there are other countries that don't have a great winter, not winter sports, but just they don't exactly have ice and snow competing mm. and just getting a passion for it. Or it means that they might be representing their country, say, of Jamaica, but they might train in Britain like Usain Bolt does in the Summer Olympics. So it's just showing kids, no matter who they are, even though it might seem very, very silly what you want to do, still go for it. It might happen. And that's always a good thing.
1: Mm. Yep. Yeah, agreed. Agree, so do we think we can give it a score, given we know how much of it is fictionalized because <laughs> <laughs> this is the problem it's like bits it, it's just it's such a carefully kind of oh yeah, we can use that bit, but we won't use that bit, and we'll use that bit but we won't use that bit, so like they they get a sled, a backup sled from the American team, but they don't have to buy it, and it's not done because of a debt called in by the yeah. Um, thing, you know, so there's, so that's, oh, so it's part accurate and then it's not. You get the fact that there one of them is a, a cart racer in Jamaica, and again they don't make a big. That's something I think they could have made a bit more of at the start. I think they could have shown us yeah. the Jamaican culture of cart racing because that's partly what helped generate the idea that they could maybe bob say. Mm. So there's that's included slightly, but then it's not, but then they don't do much with it, uh, and so forth and so on. Do you know what I mean? It's just this... There's a whole list of... There's all these things that they could have done but didn't, and I just wonder... At
0: the same time, they did use footage from the actual sport, the actual runs that they did as well, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. including the crash. Yes. Which, that crash looked horrific. It did.
1: It really did. I was absolutely heart in mouth at the time. Um, so I think... Yeah. So, so that is something.
0: Sorry, I just remembered um, my thing about win- the Winter Olympics is how can we throw ourselves down this icy hill the fastest? <laughs> that's basically what most of the sports are.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. That's very, very true. I mean, yeah, <laughs> how can we fill
0: ourselves I, with snow.
1: So, so does that mean you're going to apply for cheese rolling to be entered as an, a Winter <laughs> Olympic sport?
0: No, because it's a summer Olympic sport because it happens in May.
1: Yeah, but but it's about getting to the bottom of the hill as quickly as possible. So that (laughs) anyway. Sorry.
0: Do not disparage my national sport, my county
1: sport. County, yes, county sport. Not even sport, county tradition. so did, do you think you okay just briefly as an aside was it uh, was it, uh, it do you think it was invented as a way of culling the idiots from the herd <laughs>
0: well if you go read my article that's on uh, <laughs> because I did it for last cheese rolling uh, time yeah although it wasn't happening because of covid although they did roll a baby bell down there <laughs> I'm like that's doesn't just to keep the tradition right because apparently it's meant to symbolize like the circle of spring and harvest and all that sort of stuff and it just became <laughs> let's run down hill after cheese <laughs> my theory is that it started because someone got drunk and threw a cheese down and someone, their wife got they got in trouble with the wife and they were like it's totally a tradition.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh dear. Right. So well, yeah. So give, <laughs> give, given how <Somehow laughs> we've gone on cheese right. given that's my fault, I've brought it up. So given, give, so what do we think out of a hundred? Twenty. It's tough, isn't it? I'm trying to work out. Do I think? I mean, almost none of the characters are particularly close to their. Real life equivalents, almost none of the events as to how the team is put together and it developed is equivalent. I mean, Dougie Doug called it, said that, you know, he knew about the event, but he thought that it's, just, it's based pretty loosely, but it made a great yarn. I think that's accurate. Yeah. Um, it's a good yarn, it's well told. It's not that long after the original event, so it doesn't have to make a huge effort at trying to be historically accurate. You no. know, getting hold of, like, plastic puffer jackets and stuff, that are for it's not hard.
0: Uh, and they did have your favourite mascots in the background.
1: What Heidi and... and what was it? Heidi and Ho- Hody, was it?
0: Yeah, something like that.
1: <laughs> uh, the, 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 the furry polar Heidi ball... Heidi and Howdy. <laughs> Heidi and Howdy, the furry polar ball brother and sister duo. Whee! uh yeah right um and they did had a very quick of...
0: scene of people trading uh pins which is a big thing about the winter olympics yeah
1: there was all sorts actually um <laughs> and just because it's fun they even managed to find a way to put in a barroom brawl and i loved that that was so in, much i love sorry in a cowboy
0: bar yeah
1: well calgary it means calgary calgary has a huge tradition of of, of cowboys and because of i mean they film loads of westerns up there because of the scenery mm. Um, most of East... Like, Unforgiven was up there and a whole bunch of... I was of, like,
0: what is the whitest dancing we can
1: possibly Yeah, line do? dancing, exactly. Line but, dancing. But the thing is...
0: Which I did as a kid.
1: Yeah, but this is 94, so Canadian country was just starting to get really big. And I mean, Shania Twain mm. is just around the corner. So, no, this is... It's perfectly timed. It's really interesting that they included that scene. I thought it was quite cool because it is completely spot on for Calgary with the beer and everything. But... Mm. um. Yeah, it was kind of interesting. But all that stuff, as we yeah, none of that happened. So yeah. can we even do twenty percent? I mean fifteen
0: I'm trying to be nice, yeah. Yeah, no, I agree with
1: you. I agree with you. I mean this we do this arbitrarily, but to some degree, but I do feel like if you like you showed it to Evie yesterday, I would say as somebody who was alive at the time, I would say this is like fifteen percent historically accurate. Mm. But it looks right and sounds right and is a heck of a lot of fun. Yeah. Does that sound fair?
0: Yeah, 15% sounds really fair. Yeah, let's go
1: 15 Okay, so on that note, great. So Black History Month, uh, uh, feel good comedy. There's, a... <laughs> There's something we can't always pull off every year, sadly. And maybe that's kind of the reason we needed to do this. I think it's very easy to pull up. It's not that we haven't suffered tragedies. It's just that it's very easy to pull up tragedy after tragedy, historical drama after historical drama without thinking maybe it's to celebrate us the people of color you need to do that
0: yeah well it's like um a lot of queer history people separate into the sad bad or mad Mm. and Mm. it's like that's not the entirety of the history precisely the the problem with we went into it in our lecture that we had is about the fact of most of the records we have of queer queer people is because of uh, criminal records so that means that that's the only way we can put see that these people existed. Mm. Yep. I mean, at least with people of colour, it's a bit more obvious. Well, um, yeah, sure. But at the same time, there are so many sad, bad and mad stories that people like to tell. It's nice to tell this one. Yeah. So, I mean, if we're still going with what we're planning to do next week, it's going to be very opposite from what we've done.
1: <laughs> Yeah, 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 there is that, there is that. But That's what we're trying to do here is provide a a little bit of variety in the podcasting field, yeah?
0: Yeah, that's what we do. And I think we both enjoyed watching this film as well, which is the most important thing.
1: I laughed, I laughed a lot, I cried, I cheered, I punched the air at one point. Um,
0: (laughs) Your girlfriend stared at you.
1: Yeah, although she did laugh a lot as well. Um, I'm trying to... yeah no it was that it was yesterday so we we watched a couple of things last night i was trying to remember which one i did more one of the other one i was also air punching but i was also yelling things that i wasn't in court running so that's fine um okay so we uh, yeah that's another podcast come to an end uh jenna where can people find you
0: they can find me at nadesco kitty on twitter Mm -hmm. they can also find my local branch of the historical station so Gloucestershire branch on Facebook, and I will be sharing the talks to the Real History Facebook page at the moment because they're all online. So no matter where you are in the world, you can come and attend and find out what's going on in this little branch or many other branches, which is always cool. Otherwise, I write for the Bunkerzilla blog. Uh, I've been on Big Stomp quite often.
1: Yeah, there's quite a lot going on. So Fantastic. People can find me at 4DA Consultancy on Twitter, Facebook, um, Instagram. And you can reach us if you want to talk to us about this or any other of our podcast shows. Uh, you can find us at Real History underscore UK on Twitter and at Facebook as well. Feel free to comment mm-hmm. on previous episodes, talk about things you'd like to hear from us in upcoming episodes. And please, if you have enjoyed this, do contribute at our um, coffee.com. forward slash 4da publishing
0: and let us know what you think as well or send some recommendations (laughs) our way or just give us feedback we like we really want to hear from people
1: absolutely right absolutely right um and thank you to ian and andrew at Bunkerzilla for hosting this show as well as providing a place for both of us to write and talk about things um and yeah look forward
0: including about cheese rolling
1: Including about cheese rolling, um, and look, you can always find stuff from not just uh, Jenna but from myself there as well. Every now and then, when we uh, when we have when I have time to write.
0: <laughs> yes. Well, now we've I've got back into university. It's like oh, when are not going to have time for that.
1: <laughs> yep, absolutely right. So uh, yeah, do keep an eye out on things, and yeah, we look for, thank you for your support, and we look forward to hearing from you uh, soon. All right, folks, take care. Thank you very much. If you enjoyed this
0: podcast, please buy us a drink at coffee.com slash 48 Publishing. Keep up to date with us on social media at realhistory underscore UK and don't forget to like and subscribe.